we talking about the history of the project? Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Oh, but you know, back in those days, the it was so blue sky, sky was the limit. We had been talking for a while about getting started with new IP, you know, and throwing some ideas around. Okay, what do we want to do? It's a daunting challenge, to be quite honest. It's a little scary as well. It's terrifying. And uh, thankfully, it's an iterative process. You know, no idea coming right out of the gate is going to be is going to be 100% there. Jeff came in and says, it's got to be open world. You know, we don't have any experience doing open world. So, yes, I did push for the open world, and it was just a hubris and naivete. I really enjoy playing them, and I always felt that there was something missing. What can we do to make it more immersive, make the world feel more responsive to player actions? So the ability to sustain random, interesting encounters that don't just repeat. One of the things was, okay, we need a hook, we need a character. Early on, we were all fans of Sons of Anarchy, right? So we were like, well, bikers, that hasn't really been done in games. I mean, you know, there's, there's been some mods done for games and, you know, and LucasArts did a game like 20 years ago, but there hasn't really been a serious game, I would say, that sort of explores the kinds of things that interested me about Sons, which is not necessarily the violence and the crime, but it's more about the brotherhood. We started to realize that we wanted to be a third-person shooter. That's what Ben Studio has pretty much always done. And, you know, we really wanted to have this sort of constant threat. Because the world is actually coming for you. That was a line from the very beginning. Almost every decision we made was based on the principle that it has to be real. You've got to be able to play this game and say, there's no magic, there's no fantasy, there's no dragons. You know, at one point somebody suggested, well, maybe they're demons, and it turns out that this is all a metaphor and you're in hell. No, it's like, I wanted the whole thing to be believable and relatable. John had this crazy idea of meshing Walking Dead sort of zombies with the biker culture. Well, that could be cool. Nobody's ever done that before. The apocalypse happens. We're an everyman. You know, how dark would we get? How fast would it take us to get there? Those were the early days, just talking about the fantasy of the idea. Yeah, so between John and Chris and you, who would get the darkest, do you think, in this situation? Oh, John, every time. So it really is kind of Sons of Anarchy meets The Walking Dead, so that you've got a very believable set of circumstances, and you play by the rules within that. How much of those early meetings was it just going on a whiteboard and writing Sons of Anarchy plus Walking Dead equals this thing? Well, that was definitely part of the early pitch to kind of sell the idea to outsiders. Inside, we have to actually take that mashup and, and actually make it mean something that we can act upon. Uh, you know, we did that, but we didn't lean on that too hard because it, it didn't answer all the questions. I mean, we had to, we had to go through and, and forge what, exactly what that meant. How many RPG elements should there be? versus how, how much survival mode should there be. These are all things that kind of came and went. There are versions of the game going back years that have an emphasis on one element or, or another. Hey, let's try this and that doesn't work. Part of it did, so let's keep that and get rid of that and put this in. Does that work? Yeah, that works. Jeff was always like, we need more enemies on the screen. What can we do? Before you know it, we have the beginnings of what we call lovingly the horde. And that just sort of sn started snowballing. Well, what if we do this? What if we do that? And it was just cool to see the team completely light up and, and embrace it. It's not just because you're a biker that you're interested in that idea? You know, I've been, I've been riding for a while, but yeah, obviously that was an interest of mine. So I like to do a lot of rides and, and go to, you know, a lot of these bike rallies and that kind of stuff. So being able to add a little bit of authenticity to it is really kind of a cool experience. This is a game about a guy and his bike, and it's, it's his, it's the thing he's got to manage. So ultimately the game is a love story between a man and his bike? Your word's not mine. Okay, all right. Do you love your bike? I do, it's pretty. I got my bike last year because for years I'm like, no way, uh, I choose life, I don't want to ride a motorcycle. 
the game, just playing this for so long, you know, there was something where it just it seeped in, it got to me where I'm like, riding a motorcycle feels like fun. Our early prototypes were really just on the bike, riding through the world. It was a motorcycle game, and you know, and you could go flat out 60 miles an hour on all the highways. We just realized that in order to make the game more fun and to make it unique to us, we had to break those roads. We had to make it so that the player is spending more time off-road than on. You're on a very narrow trail and everything's whipping by you really fast. And it gives the enemies way more chances to get the jump on you. Just having the world itself be kind of a 3D playground for the bike, I think was a huge developmental shift. And it really changed the way we thought about the world, the way we thought about developing, you know, all the network of paths and trails and, and, uh, and, and roads. You've been tinkering in the handheld space for quite a while, and now you have to fill up an entire PS4. But yeah, we're doing that well. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> yes. Is it tough to contain even on the PS4 at this point? Yeah, we're pu we're definitely we're definitely pushing the uh, PS4 to its uh, to its limits. <laughs> so the Ben guys, you know, good news is I'm super excited about Ben Studios game, and. Uh, just a few weeks ago, I had a chance to play. Oh, well, they're playing it already. So you're oh. saying they're going to announce it and it'll come out right away. <laughs> no. <laughs> what was the feedback from Sony? What were the communications with Sony at this phase? Um, I think at first they're like, you guys are crazy. Going from a non-open world studio to an open world studio, did they try and warn you about like, hey, this is going to be super no, hard? No, you know, honestly, they said, go for it. Let's see what you can do. You ever fly to Sony's headquarters and say, all right, this is what we want to do with a big pitch? Or what is that like? Um, so, first thing to be clear about is we are Sony. So Sony Bend is Sony. So we have a, a whole team of producers. So they would come down monthly, and you know we've worked. We Connie was our producer on Siphon Filter One. It's not like we come up with all the ideas and present it to them. They're constantly working with marketing and with PR um, and the outsourcing groups to make sure that you know what we're building is something we can sell. I mean, because that's important, right? But also something that is worthy of first party because we're part of Sony. So, you know, what we really want to do is create something that is best in class for the kind of game that we're making. That's super important to us. I'm guessing when this game was bubbling up, Last of Us was coming out. Sure. Was there any fear of like, are they gonna not be completely on board for another kind of zombie-ish type game? Or what were those discussions like about trying to differentiate You know, those, those discussions were kind of sidelined and everything. They, I mean, they just really wanted to see, I think you could, they could see from an early start that the direction we were taking is it was very different than where Last of Us was going. So everybody was on board with the initial pitch from the very beginning. So in the early days, it was called Dead Don't Riot. I'm sure you guys know that. But from the very, very beginning, it was like, okay, this idea of being on a motorcycle, being in an open world, facing all this extreme danger where the world's coming for you all the time. Everybody was on board with that, both here and our producers. Is it fun to come up with a name for a new IP? Uh, no, that's a difficult one. <laughs> really? What's I it mean, like? it's a process, right? It, I mean, it, it was it was an interesting process, and we actually worked with marketing pretty heavily with this as well, and you know, before coming up with uh, the the final title for Days Gone. But yeah, a couple okay. other working. There were, there were there were a few others. Okay, <laughs> is one of them a Dead Don't Ride? <laughs> it might have been. How long have you and John and Jeff been working together? Um, since Siphon, original Siphon days. Really? Yeah. 
And I was brought in as art director on the very first siphon filter. So Chris and I have literally been working together since 1997. And then Jeff Ross, so we brought Jeff in as a mission designer. So he was working, he was actually a truck delivery guy working in Portland, but huge gamer. Yeah, we, the three of us have been together for a long time. Oh my gosh, and you know them better than you know anybody in the world at this point? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I'm super high level. I think about, you know, how does the, you know, what kind of a world do we need to create? How can we make it interesting? How can we make it unique? And just thinking, well, how can we make it fun? How can we create gameplay that will work in that world? Chris has, has always been the technical side of the studio. So he's like, well, how can, how can we do this that you guys are talking about? It's one of the longest <laughs> running groups in game development at this it's point. Pretty cool. I mean, and that's what I say. I mean, it's like the culture of Ben Studios. It hasn't really changed that much. You know, we can bounce ideas off of each other and say, no, that sucks, or no, that would be awesome, and and be able to run with it. When was the last time John or Jeff surprised you? Uh, every day. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> In a good way? Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> Do you feel like the studio thinks of themselves as an underdog in the game industry? I definitely think that way. I think that people don't fully understand who we are and what we've accomplished in the past. They don't expect a game like Days Gone to come from us. There may be questions for, you know, how big is it? How real is the horde? How, you know, is there more to the game than just the horde? I think that those are questions that people are still asking because they just, there's something about our studio is not known. I think the toughest days on this project for me as a designer is going to Unreal. We kind of abandoned our previous engine and, you know, the artist had this great leg up, but it takes time to, to build game systems and AI and weapons. So it just, for years, uh, people would call, you know, the, the game a walking simulator. And that sucked for me, <laughs> you know, just because we were working hard building these systems, but the, the world was so pretty so early on that it was just, un it was unfair. It's challenging, yeah. I mean, from technical challenges, um, you know, we've been growing the team. When we first started this project, we were a, a team of about 50 people. I heard that you once had a slide where you explained that you could make this game with only 50 people. Wow, where did you hear that? I don't know. <laughs> a little rumor. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're pretty ambitious. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's kind of the culture of Ben's studio. You really thought you could make the entire game with 50 people? Ah, uh, you know. <laughs> We, you know, at that point, we were just trying to figure out where the scope was and, you know, what the size of the world was going to be. And sure, it seems plausible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the one about, can we make this game with 50 people? Yeah. Yeah, he chastised me for asking that. <laughs> there, it's true, though. There was a time, and again, I, it's like, when we were working on Siphon Filter, I think it was 13 people. And, yeah, that made that PS1 game. And then I think Golden Abyss, we were at about 50. And... It's the first open world game we've ever made. So Ben Studio, you know, we had some idea that, hey, this sounds like a pretty big game. Maybe 50 people might not be enough. We learned over the next two years that, yeah, no, it wasn't enough. It's yet another challenge. And again, that's kind of what Ben Studio is all about. It's like, okay, that's the challenge of the day. That's the challenge of the century. <laughs> Let's do it. You know, Ben Studio's culture is something where we, we definitely do a lot more than people think we could ever do. Going back to Uncharted Golden Abyss, that was a launch title on the Vita. And we were a small studio making an Uncharted game, and it just felt like it was impossible, yet we were there. Everybody wears more than one hat. And it's something where if you take pride in that, this is a great place to work. But you know, if you want to come in and work on one thing forever and do just that for five years, it's not a great place for you to work. And some people thrive and some people don't. And so everybody who remains thrives in that type of environment. And that's why we can create such big games for such a small studio. And I think that defines Sony Bend. And it doesn't fry you out? Nah, we're scrappy.
Is it tough to get people to move out to Bend? No, actually, it's not. Bend's an awesome town, so we've got this new building that we're in now, which has been awesome. Really, the vibe is, is pretty much the same it's always been. To sort of, again, talk about where Bend Studio is in the, in the Sony family, we have to have super high production values. We want super high production values, and we, you know, we just weren't w willing to settle. We're 130 people now. My guess is by the time you factor in all the, the third-party support we've gotten and all the support groups, it's, it's going to be north of 250, probably. There's been some of those kinds of challenges, finding the right people to come on board, and certainly showing at E3 in 2016, that helped a lot because a lot of people finally said, hey, this is what Ben Studio is doing. That looks really cool. I want to I make that. Ladies and gentlemen, day's gone. The E3 2016 reveal was amazing. The whole team, I think, kind of came together at that moment. It was really proud that we showed the world and that I didn't screw up. We are actually in a really good place right now because the game is fully playable from beginning to end. That's how you make the game fun, is you just play it and play it and play it. Until people really started playing it in the last year, you know, it, 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 there was a lot of doubt on the team. I mean, they believed in it, but they were still a little uncertain. But once they started playing it, everybody's coming around to it. I can't wait for the world to see it. Do you feel like there's misconceptions about the game out there? Uh, I think that we need to show the world more about what the game really is. So there's not misconceptions, just a, a lack of seeing the whole picture at this point. You know, I wasn't scared that it wouldn't come together. It's just when it would come together. So, you know, it just takes one thing. It takes people or it takes time. And that, you know, and Sony's been really, really, really generous with us because, you know, they recognize that Days Gone, to be best in class, is going to take time to, to get it right. I'll read reviews. So okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like this, you're not gonna. <laughs> we'll always keep experimenting, but yeah, Days Gone is definitely on our radar right now. I mean, there's so much we can do. Honestly, it's the tip of the iceberg, and there's so many cool things we can do with it. Can you compare the level of pride you have for this game versus other games you've worked on? Oh, there's no comparison. So this game has been, will be six years by the time we're done. Um, that's a long time. <laughs> yeah, it's just been a dream come true, honestly, for me personally. It eclipses everything else I've ever done, and I've got a lot of games I've worked on. But most of those games took a year each, right? So, you know, Siphon Filter took a year, and Siphon Filter 2 took a year, and so on. And I think uh, this, is, this has been a journey. Six times better than Siphon Filter, is that what you're saying? I have Siphon Filter fans who would disagree with that. <laughs> but, uh, it's, yeah, I would say so. Albert chiming in um, about Days Gone and the people who are currently discussing it. So, first of all, I respect that people um, have their opinions on the game, but I need to do my best to put this, frankly, like, um, like extremely insulting and closed-minded and dangerous attitude. I need to do my my part in shutting it down and the attitude is the following. I'm actually recording this um, while I'm just walking home because I walk home from work but I just couldn't wait for, for the studio. So everyone is, one of the main things people are saying about this game is that it's too long and nothing 
could frustrate me more um, about hearing that because what is going on is that these are reviewers saying this. Reviewers, okay? People who must, by the definition of their job, finish this game so that they can put the review out, okay? They are in a hurry to finish this game, right? The people who made, the people who made this game did not make this game for reviewers. They made this game for people. For us, the gamers, for people who just enjoy this kind of game. And I applaud them for that. Now, I'm not saying Cory Barlog made God of War at the length that he did to appease reviewers. I don't think they did that at um, Guerrilla Games either, right? But <sighs> I have quite a high catch folks, on my way from work. But anyway... Might cut some of this out, but we'll see. Anyway, the very idea that this game is somehow frustrating or, um, you know, less good than the aforementioned games because of its length, because of its, uh, it's a full-featured experience, it is the absolute height of entitlement, the height of short, short-sightedness. Reviewers do not have... I don't think, especially some of the ones, and I won't name institutions, but let's just say some of the main websites saying these things, they have no idea, truly, because it is, there's a, you can see in the culture, it's like, oh, we're, we're reviewing games, we're putting the game out, oh, we're just giving our thoughts and everything. That's fantastic, buddy. So happy for you. In the meantime, what you're writing genuinely affects hundreds of people's lives. And I'm talking about the development team, okay, over at Sony Bend and any development team that you write about their projects. And you can be casual and you can be like, this is just what I thought. I'm sorry. You can talk about that to your friends. And I'm not saying be dishonest in your interviews. I'm just saying you need to not think about a reviewer sometimes to be able to give a game its due, right? Six years they worked on this game to make it feature-packed, to make it open-world to the point where the world doesn't feel shrunken down for your ease of reviewing, for your ease of putting the review out as quickly as possible. And I'm just hearing all of these reviews judging this game, saying, oh, it was exhausting to finish. No, the game wasn't exhausting to finish. You rushed to finish it because you needed to get your review out. Okay? Right? And you didn't take into account that a lot of people absolutely adore games like this. You're condemning, I feel, this game to a much less successful launch and review period and legacy than it, than it deserves. So please understand, like I'm sandwiching this, this spiel with understanding and appreciation for how people choose to do what they do. I'm not being confrontational. I'm not being overtly angry or aggressive. I just needed to express something which is extremely frustrating for me to hear over and over again. People saying that this game is somehow less good because of its length, because of how fully featured it is. They are patching this thing. They are working extremely hard to try and turn the narrative on this game. 6.5, you may say, oh, 
hey, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying it's good, but I'm not saying it's bad. Listen, folks, try and work on something for six years. Put your heart and soul into it through trials and tribulations, especially something that you haven't done before, and have someone come up to you after all those years of teaching yourself how to do this thing and have someone tell you, by the way, this isn't good, it's not bad, it's not good, I'm just completely indifferent. Imagine how crushed you'd feel. Now I hope to all the people out there saying what they're saying about Days Gone, I hope that when you try and do something new and challenging and unprecedented, that people won't be nearly as cruel, I feel, and as insensitive and as indifferent and, and as indifferent and as oblivious to you as you have been to the production team behind Days Gone. It is so, so frustrating to hear. So I'll wrap this up because turns out recording this on my hike, it was impromptu. That's how you know that I just had to record it when it came to me, to be honest to myself. But yeah, maybe maybe folks don't want to just hear my labored breathing. <laughs> Anywho, radio, I'm going to knock this mountain out of the way. But folks, take care. Um, be well and god damn. Sorry for uh, my language there, but be kind, people. Think a little longer before you put something out there. There's nothing wrong with you thinking what you think. But we have entered into a dangerous time technologically and socially where people just say things and it's all sublimated under the mask of, I'm just being honest. I'm just voicing how I feel. You have no obligation to share that in the form, especially, certain, not saying you like have to neuter yourself or edit yourself. And no, I will not accept people who are saying, that's exactly what you're saying. It's like, no. I just want extra, if the, if the result of this extra little bubble, this extra little pause of consideration that I'm asking reviewers to do, if the, if the result of that is like, I don't care, fine. But at least if I can put some thought, some call to action of just thoughtfulness and mindfulness for the people who who spend more grueling hours, frankly, than any reviewer and any of us YouTubers will ever spend on anything. Physical, taxing, like mind-destroyingly difficult hours. Nothing. Ask anyone you know or look it up. Developing games is one of the most intense uh, physical things you can do in an office, especially during crunch time, and especially for AAA games. Especially for open-world games. So that's why with all of these layers, like saying this about a game would be hurtful enough, but uh, saying in particular about this team as who they are, putting as much effort as they've done uh, and being so nonchalant about it and being like, and, and, and just talking as though like, oh, I've already eaten. Uh, yeah, so God of War. And then because you've eaten God of War, um, and I'm using a food analogy here, somehow when someone brings a new, a new uh, spread to the table, which is like painstakingly crafted, you say, you sit there with your, like your contented tummy and you see fit to say, oh, that food doesn't look good. Or that food, oh, I don't want that food. It's like, it's not for you. It's, uh, there's this narcissism to, 
to doing what people are doing in the reviews. I really believe it's like, oh, this was bad for me. Oh, this was too long for me. You need, you really need to get, just get out of that frame. Okay. Okay. Because it's not, this isn't your diary. Okay. You're accounting your personal experiences, but the, the end result, which by the way, numbers do matter in reviews, they do. Okay. And word of mouth will have its way, but I believe that some positive and more considerate uh, um, attitudes can uh, be introduced in, in, in game reviewing nowadays more than, than just what we're seeing with just frankly, the, it's just embarrassing. It's, it's disheartening and I just feel so, so, so terrible um, uh, for some of the people probably reading these, hearing people say these things in this way. And yeah, so I had to share that with you all. And to anyone out there who is judging and um, taking points off of Days Gone for being a, a long, fully featured, truly open world game where they haven't, uh, you know, made the world smaller and they've it's fully featured and saying and daring to say that this was too long and I needed 60 hours to finish it and, and, and having this exhausted tone. Stop it because you're a reviewer. You rush to finish that game. You're thinking about it in that frame of mind. You're not thinking about it and you're not even bothering to discuss it in the frame of mind of, say, someone who lives in Oregon, who loves the wilderness and who says, I'm going to take 170 hours to make to finish this game. I'm going to, uh, this is amazing. I, I'm going to take as long as I want. Like, days of, you need to give a voice to those people. Not everyone out there is rushing to finish a game like a reviewer. Okay? You need to account for the other kinds of people who are playing these games. And you need to speak to them and give allowance for that. Make some space for your opinion, but do not lead with it. You need to be responsible about the fact that who's reading your review is every single kind of person. It's not a journal entry. You give your thoughts. You can have a little aside in the review itself of like, by the way, this is what I think. But you need to have a more global perspective on how just how many different kinds of people will enjoy this game. And you need to be considerate to that. Because these, this culture, this entitlement, demand, um, closed-mindedness culture where, oh, the entitlement is just off the chain, uh, the disrespect is off the chain, and now, now I'm getting fired up, but that, that's a, a topic for another, for another, um, audio log or whatever this is. Um, the way that I feel as though we've gone so far astray into, uh, disrespecting art and, and really losing touch with how long it takes for things to be made and this yeah entitlement dramatic over dramatic um demand culture is just exhausting to the extreme but that's another subject anyway um to everyone who worked on days gone you have all of my love i will be picking up the game i will be taking guess how many hours 300 hours that's the kind of game that days gone is it is a simulator it is something that you do not rush through and most certainly if you're a reviewer it is this sort of game that you need to give a voice and some consideration and reflect that consideration in your review number which do matter i know some people skip down they don't read the review and lucy o'brien from ign lovely amazing reviewer i feel as though her and everyone else's review people a lot of people, even though I hate to say this because I really, really respect people who write so well as she does, um, they, they go down to the, the number, they look at that number, and I just, that needs to have a little bit more of what I just discussed considered 
when coming up with that final number. So these 6.5s need to be 7s, 7.5s. These, these 5s need to be at least 6s. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you need to really think about all the different kinds of people and get out of this mono frame of mind of just me and the experience I had, okay? And you need to, I think that number should be reflected, um, reflective of a wider consideration. Right, okay, well, that's me. I've literally climbed up and down a hill during the span of this recording. Take care, and until then, <laughs> stepping my words. Take care, everyone, and until next time, bye for now.